This is Shaka Wart Speak. Making my way down. <laughs> Walking. Walking fast. And I'm homebound. <laughs> yes, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Remember that song? Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that song. But what I uh, I remember Brain like debris. <laughs> I really I remember really bad memes uh, from that song. You tell I walk a thousand miles just to be wet. Yeah, <laughs> there's such an adolescence to that song, dude. Because here's the thing: you find out no one's that great. <laughs> Are you referring to like the singer? Or are you? I don't know what you. I'm gonna let that one hang. I call that the. I call that. Um, I, I couldn't even name that person. There's something in acad. Oh gosh, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. I'm sorry. For what? We, nothing. I mean, I didn't do anything wrong. So no, I, I say I feel bad bringing up something that I'm like this probably shouldn't bring up. <laughs> so um, it was about academia, but I'm not gonna do it. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, good old Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, that's right. I never <laughs> yeah. knew the person's name to that song. Um, yeah, which I feel like she was in a wave of Vanessas that were kind of in the limelight at the Gosh, time. Was that yeah? Was that like a I was like a criterion Vanessas? for being a pop singer or a singer? I guess. Or? I don't know. Did she wear glasses? She might now. I'm gonna do this twenty years ago. Oh man, I just saw a picture, and you know what? She was wearing glasses. The voice matches. It's amazing how voices can match like a face, like the na- the nasal passage, or yeah, like there's things that make the voice sound the way that it does from the throat structure, you know, mm-hmm. from your your neck like, structure. Like and, there's an airiness about. Yeah, her. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Because I was imagining her looking a little more like Lisa Loeb. You say, <laughs> dude, and she wore glasses. That's so funny, Lisa Loeb, man. Uh, I think she's come up in conversation twice this week. Weird. Which is two more times than she's come up in conversation <laughs> in the like last thirty decade, years, three forty years. <laughs> That is really weird. Because well, she always like, uh, she it 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 was like uh, she was it, she always looks like she was a sitcom star who happened to be in music. Yeah, like she just that looked like somebody on a sense. TV show. Yeah, and the way even in the way the first, that first video was shot yeah. amplified that a little bit, dude. Lisa Love, man, um, <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah, uh, what was that stay? Yeah. Weird. We're we're about to walk into a weird Dude, music thing. It's yeah, entirely yeah. off topic to what our is, our discussion today. What are you talking about? What are we talking about today? We're <laughs> well, talking about something super simple. Super simple. We're we're talking about art and poverty. Yeah, rethinking it. Rethinking art and poverty. And, oh and, my goodness! And you might be saying, but wait, y'all already talked about rethinking the uh, the starving artist. Yep. And that's not what this is about. No. It's That's not on about, the personal. It's not about us being po- in poverty. No. Even though we successfully do that sometimes. Yeah. It's about a different side of that coin. We're talking about like socioeconomic, societal, class, race. We're talking about poverty in that yeah, sense. The actual relationship of the art world. To poverty. To poverty. And that that is a really wide uh, gap that by just saying that appears to be there. So we're going to have to walk it out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I definitely think... Uh, in the the world of social justice and conversations around equity and all of these things, like there is a uh, a a gaping hole in the actualization of um, uh, the arts as it relates to poverty and people yeah. in poverty. And so, um, 
there's a there's a, there's a there's some things to rethink. I think, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point of why we would uh, address this issue or or take a jab at it. And again, a conversation starter, not answering every question, not able to, yeah. um, but want to have this conversation out there in the world, and also uh, we we need to have this conversation. And so, um, because the hope the hope always is that these conversations at some level move um, any number of us at different points into some kind of action or empowerment or mm-hmm. clarity that allows you to act uh, faster with more expediency or just confidence or um, even if you need to be redirected and you're like, oh my gosh, I needed some counterpoints. So um, so um, you know, where do we start with that conversation? Um, mm, I mean, that, that's tough. Right. Because uh, it's a big conversation. There's a lot of ways you could go. And also it's one of those tricky conversations where you can come down on, on one of two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, or let me say you could fall into one of two ditches. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be a better way to put it. Um, so I, I don't think the conversation needs to be one. It doesn't need to be steeped in things like cynicism or jaded, you know, kind of a jaded attitude or anything. Um, where we kind of just look at things and say, uh, there hasn't been enough done. So whatever you want to talk about, you just have to blow it all up. I think there's there's, there's room for critique within mm-hmm. the space. But I think there's also room for a lot of encouragement in that space, right? Because we don't need to say, hey, something's being done, so that's good enough. You don't want to fall on either side of that. Mm-hmm. But I think it is, uh, and, and the heart of these episodes, I think, has a lot to do with looking at the terrain and saying, like, what is it we see? And how can it be pushed one way or the other? to a more um, humanizing, a more generative, a more holistic, uh, a more like functional and relational space where mm-hmm. what's being done is is actually being done with uh, solid intention, uh, with purpose, and maybe some ideas in mind of what the end goals are. Yeah, so you, you know, uh, one way I've talked about in the past, and you know, we've, it's like in that you might, you could summarize it as, um, which is unpopular for some people, but I would call it human, human flourishing. Yeah. That, that there's a, uh, you know, there's diversity and there's variegation. It doesn't mean that everybody is equally in the exact same spot, but in the state they're in, there is a uh, flourishing uh, at different rates and capacities, and um, that is happening for for a a community or or is tending towards that for a community where mm-hmm. um, uh, when when uh, um, when you're satiated in the most functional ways the arts come in and um, amplify you out of mere satiation into to uh, something more like a joy filled yeah. something, right? Like a, a joy filled state of awareness of uh, one another and, and the kinds of uh, uh, wonders that are, are ahead of us or outside of us that also lead to something about our internal states. Like there's, there's things that happen as a result, but not when a not when a society or not when a people group is uh, so impoverished mm-hmm. that that's not even on the table as a as a mm-hmm. consideration, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so uh, the question is like, right? This is a question for me: is like, um, what comes first? Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it just getting people fed, or is it is it um, and then and then you know. I mean, here's where I want to go. Yeah. So is it, there's feeding people and, um, and you know, we've done, done a lot of things like that in our lives. Like we've done a lot of outreach. We've, I've been under the poverty line myself. I mm-hmm. yep. grew up at times poor, um, uh, if you will. And, um, and so, uh, I know what it's like to eat rice or, uh, you know, boxed mac and cheese and, 
and spam or mm-hmm. hot dogs. No, you know, no joke, just what it is. And you yep. extend it, you make it work, uh, cheap cereal and, and then go to bed a little bit hungry or whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I also know what it's like to be well fed and, um, I know what it's like to have one pair of pants for a year and, yeah, you know, so I mean, and I know what it's like to have people look down at you that are rolling around in aesthetic, um, at with aesthetic, um, accessories, mm-hmm. i.e. the kind of car they drive, the clothes they wear, the look of their, uh, the, the way their hair is kept, like on and on and on and on, uh, bumping shoulder to shoulder. And I know how, I know what it's like to, to be missing that. And, you know, not even talking about specific cultural values, just talking about, um, you know, the lack of that and the awareness of it. And so in, 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 in there is like a human resiliency. Um, but I also know, um, beautiful gardens are harder to trample yeah. than a lawn. Mm-hmm. So I know, I know there's something about the way, you know, I don't know if it's beautific or just things that, that command a certain level of respect mm-hmm. because they're, they're dignified expressions themselves, like a, like a flower garden or a really well-kept one makes it harder for us to just disregard it. Yeah, yeah. It causes us to stand a little more upright. It slows us down. It causes us to pause. And as a metaphor, um, what I'm, okay, so what, what the problem is, and I think you can speak to this, uh, that we were talking about earlier, is the problem is, and uh, what we tend to do is we give the least amount to the least. Yeah, yeah. So we give um, crummy murals and abject materials, leftovers, and, and um, the, the, we, we take a little off the top of our 100% and the scraps get kicked over uh, to the poor. And so, you know, when it comes to art explicitly, um, which means we never get to the point where we have a vision for uh, transforming neighborhoods, inviting people into the kind of beauty that arrests them and causes them to reorient themselves to the world and assist in the feeding of people and the clothing of people. That it's not, it's not the thing, but it's one of those things that when together causes human beings to flourish more so than they do when it's not present, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about gentrification. No. And I know that this will raise a question about excuse me, aesthetic, aesthetic values. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, um, and know this is a messy topic that, that requires more conversation than what we'll be able to get today. Um, but we got to open this conversation up. So while, you know, artists are in their studio, um, and you know, we're, we're busy making money and things like that. Um, we, we do need to think about, um, you know, this, we need to think about when we erect big, modernist buildings that mm-hmm. promise to be the gateway into a city that are supposed to be inviting. And yet um, the people on the streets and the people in the neighborhoods <clears throat> that are historically the neighbors of, of a city like ours actually don't feel welcome. They don't come in and then they're not given anything that arrests them in the way this yeah. kind of metaphorical flower garden does. Yeah. It's um, all of that makes me think, um, that there is a, a, a tendency and, and just to, just to throw this out there, first of all, um, like my feelings on this, this topic are so strong that I'm going to have to kind of, uh, stop myself from just being like very, just blunt. Um, and maybe, uh, I don't know, 
I just, just to let you know, like there's going to be a lot of me trying to process in time, um, how to say things properly. I think one of the best places for me to start is, um, there is something about when you see like all of this, if you're kind of questioning saying, I don't really know. I don't really know if what you're saying is really, is really true. I don't know if we really give the least to the least. I don't know if that's, if that's true. There's a lot of stuff going on. Like if, if, if your tendency is like to paint a rosier picture than maybe there is, um, what I would say is, um, if you'd look at the attention that good art projects in low income areas or things like that, the, the level of attention they get, the level of, the at- of attention seems out of sorts with something that is common. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is if, if we weren't about giving the least to the least, then there would be a sense of normalcy about some of these projects that happen. Because we would say, oh, yeah, that's what we do. But yeah, because it's a, not what we do, mm-hmm. then you, they blow up. Yeah. Now, some of them are really fantastic. So if you think back to the early 2010s, the first half of them, the artist JR, who did a lot of wheat pasting in these uh, these favelas mm-hmm. uh, and and just like really run down areas in different parts of the world, um, he was taking uh, photographs of eyes and faces and wheat pasting them at gigantic scale so that you could, from a distance a hill full of uh, just homes stacked literally on top of each other that were made of uh, found materials that were kind of cobbled together Mm -hmm. uh, because of the level of poverty that was being experienced in those places. What you would see from a distance on the hill were literal faces of the people living there. And this got international attention. Mm -hmm. People were like, wow, this is kind of amazing what this guy's doing. And the fact that it got that level of attention had a lot to do with his artistry and how he did it and the fact that it was visually arresting. But I think it also had a lot to do with the fact that the reality is we throw scraps mm-hmm. and that's the norm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the place in here. So, so what do we do? We take a, a multi-billion dollar corporation who gives a hundred thousand dollars to a, a, you know, a, a state to do something with like art for, you know, kids in marginalized neighborhoods. And we say, look at that. That's so great. It's like, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Yeah, it's it is no, still it's, scraps. It's scraps. It's not even enough. Um, and it's not just the financial backing, because I don't want it to just be tied to some sort of like, you know, like let, let's talk, let's talk badly about capitalism and just fall into that rut. Uh, there's a lot there to talk about and critique, but it, but it also has a lot to do with the fact that usually, if you talk about a corporation or a group, the money they put aside for something signals how much of their heart's actually in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the metric yeah. Yeah, for yeah, understanding yeah. what's, what's the real heart. And and then there's a lack of a kind of there's, there's lack of vetting as far as the capacity of the ones that will deliver the stuff. So you you get a lot of bad public murals that are sentimentalized to compensate for how poor mm-hmm. they're done. Yeah, as an example. Um, so you you go in and you make a mural and and it it may or may not mean much. Um, you know, and I might be jumping ahead here, but I was talking to someone yesterday and they have an interest in um like religious icons. Mm-hmm. And a really acute interest, but they have no, they're not an artist at all. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not makers. And so they're describing all these things. And I said, well, you know, what's funny is I said, um, you've got a vision for what you want to see. And I said, I know of artists who don't know what to make. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if you're supposed to hang out together <laughs> so that stuff gets made. Yeah. And I said, and if we weren't so individualistic, in order to ground the arts, I wonder if it would be easier to accept that fact and work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is true of these neighborhood situations. Yeah. What does it mean when someone can uh, translate the desires of the community and organize the kind of work 
to transform the community. It would take time. It would take listening. It would take getting to know. The yeah. known be known thing would become active. And then it would be like, uh, what can we do to, to structurally beautify this place? Um, is a mural always the best thing? Yeah. You know, is it, is it like, do we put our money towards some landscaping? Do we, do we, is it landscaping in, you know, um, like I think Sally Bowering, her husband, I think her husband worked for, um, I've said this before, but her husband worked for, um, Habitat for Humanity. And when Mm -hmm. they did a bunch of these home homes for people that were really down and out, everybody got an original work of art right away in their home. And, and it was like this beloved, a nobler specifier that joy bringer, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're getting a house, but something about getting these, these, uh, original works of art from great artists. Um, you know, like, like it, it caused me to think like, could I give my best to the person who initially may appreciate it the least? Mm. It's a really hard proposition, self proposition. It's just it been is. bouncing around in my head. That's a, it's a, it's a strong question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think there is a, I think there is a tendency to relax back into like an ROI for what you do. You know, it is, it is still like our, our careers within this space. Um, like ultimately they, they still come back to ourselves being the central figure of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, as, as much as we, um, kind of decry the loss of community after things like the studio time in grad school or whatever else, or the loss of community after whatever happens. Like if that's the case, then what is the loss of community look like with folks that we're never interacting with, Mm -hmm. with uh, situations that may not be like first and foremost in our minds. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's tough Um, because it kind of comes back to us and that can be very sticky in a space like we're talking about in terms of socioeconomic issues. Um, because if you're not in that space, then how do you really know? Yeah, if you're not proximal. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's the important part is to have like a proximal nature to it. Because mm-hmm. um, I've, I've been a part of, of groups that have done uh, community design or, uh, for lack of a better term, public art in good ways. Mm-hmm. And I've been a part, unfortunately, of groups that have done it very poorly. Yep. And it is night and day. Um, there is something that we, we have a tendency. Um, I even heard an individual one time, uh, I was on a panel, uh, talking about, uh, community centered design. And one of the people refuted something I said, cause I said, we don't, we do not need to be in the position of assuming that we are coming in on white horses, mm-hmm. changing someone's world mm-hmm. by the work we do, because at best it will be a minimal impact. Mm-hmm. Um, on the larger issues that are at hand. And this person said, no, you're absolutely wrong. We are always on the white horse. Mm-hmm. And I had no response because I was so dumbfounded. Yeah, that's audacious. I, I mean, that's, like, the completely, that's the completely opposite of what it just said. Yes. Imagine coming into a neighborhood and getting to know people and saying, yes, you know, if we, if, what, would, what would you do here? Mm-hmm. And not rendering my own aesthetic values on and judging that, but seeing how I can, help to assist in the, the envisioning, the making of those things yeah, and then seeking out the collaborative work to do that so that there's ownership and storytelling and, uh, um, localized investment from the neighborhood to say, this is ours. Yeah. Um, you know, like this is, this is really our, our, we can take pride in this. Mm-hmm. It's like the Watts, the, is it the Watts tower, the, yeah. the stuff, the guy did, you know, growing up in California mm-hmm. that he just did on his own. There's a lot of ownership over that from the community. 
he did that. He did that out of an insane yeah. individuated vision, you know, just kind of amazing. And, but it's become, it's iconic to Watts and, um, you know, um, there's something about that. Like there's something about like, if we, if we, if we're about specified objects and things and like how, how, and this goes to something I'm working on for later, but if you're willing to not to be known at the magnitude of, you know, really known, mm-hmm. if you're willing to be a little more anonymous, um, you might do some things as an artist that far exceed the success of a few paintings selling in a gallery wall. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are willing to risk it to find out. Mm. Yeah. Cause I, <laughs> Well, because, you know, so for instance, how, how, when, when you're, which we both have been poor. So when you're poor, Mm -hmm. um, and then you throw a race, you throw a class, you start to throw, compound these intersectional categories or whatever. Um, what's your, what do a lot, what does the average person on the street think about art? Yeah. It's give or take. Yeah. It's it's give or take. It's nice. You like it. Yeah. Or it's like "Eh, elitist. I don't want it. Or I can't access it. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's like the first guy in our documentary. Yeah. I think it's a bunch of malarkey. So, well, um, you know, compound that with like condescension uh, to perceived have-nots. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and by the way, like you know, we see I've seen good examples where you have people that I think you know maybe I've seen I've seen this, and I know someone else mentioned it, um, but I've actually seen it online where um, I mean, a friend of ours, I think Sam mentioned it maybe, but that um, you know where people are getting. You know, these are homeless people getting full course meals and they're being served mm-hmm. like you would when you went to a fine dining. Yeah. The best materials, the best stuff. Like, what does that do? It does have an effect on the humanity of the individual. It invites them into an orientation that they're otherwise not invited into. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and it, the question has to be asked like, do those things have an effect on you if you are not? somebody who's suffering from poverty. Like if you mm-hmm. were to sit down, like even, you know, think of somebody like Bill Gates, who's got all this money. Mm-hmm. If he sits down to a nice meal with all the nice kind of things that mm-hmm. go along with it, is he not impacted? Yeah. And so if he is, if that's a thing that he would desire yeah. with everything he has at his disposal, then why wouldn't it be the same for somebody else? Yeah. And this really gets at it. I think a tough issue, man, is the money issue because it's like the rich keep getting richer kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, the rich are always associated most tightly with the arts and, you know, they get their fill of, of aesthetics and I'm not anti rich or whatever. Again, it's not, I'm not talking about that yeah, yeah. strictly right now. And like you said, there's problems with capitalism, but, um, what would happen if the richness was divvied up differently or not even looking at like reorienting where the pie goes, mm-hmm. but just a whole different, whole different notion of like the value of making. Yeah. So you're not really, you're not saying I'm taking anything away. I'm just, I'm doing this thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, and I have been the recipient of hand-me-downs and clothes that didn't fit. And I was always thankful. So there's no lack of gratitude there. Hand-me-downs are great and materials, recycled materials. I'm all for all of mm-hmm. that. But, um, you know, and I'm convicted by this conversation because like to think about it is to put yourself under the, yeah the scrutinization of the point. So it, it sits on me heavy. Um, you know, I'm not a, I don't know. There's a lot there, but you know, the question to me is like, um, poverty is daunting mm-hmm. and not something that's solvable within one community for one person. 
Totally. And and you're talking about multi-generational work of being together, being neighbors, loving each other. Like there's a lot that goes into that. But um it because we can't see the full end of our effort, should that should that negate our effort? Mm, like yeah, if we yeah. don't get the gratification of it, does it mean we shouldn't do it? And, and even to take that further, like just because we can't fix the problem in totality, does that mm. mean we shouldn't do it? Yeah. You know. Yep. There, there's 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 a there's an ability to be a, a part of something, mm-hmm. um, you know, because there, you know, if, if we understand there's always going to be some rich people, then we probably should understand there'll always be some poor people. Yep. And there'll always be those in the middle. Mm-hmm. And those percentages change and they're different. Um, but just because there'll always be one or the other doesn't change the fact that maybe we should also include on that list, there should also be people that are specifically kind of pushing towards that that mm-hmm. are working uh to do things and if they're there it's a it's a it's a part of life mm-hmm. um so we can't think of it as like oh here's a special project towards this end mm-hmm. here's a special thing like but also i don't think i really really hate the idea that just like nonprofits should be about that stuff mm-hmm. that there should only be specific groups that Say do why. that well because uh because we're a nonprofit, profit we are so. a non-profit okay and, I think, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not just that it's like, it's like, we're always, we're always willing to start creating more instances of second class citizens. Mm-hmm. We're always doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, 10 years ago uh, in academia, you 10, 15 years ago, you were hearing a whole lot about like the ideas of othering and like, you know, setting up categories and things like that. But also it is a thing like these are, um, all of this that we're talking about are people and people are engaged in all sort of things and your circumstances do not make you a specific way. And if all that is true, then why do we need specific organizations that only deal with that? Mm-hmm. Like, why isn't this everyone's issue? Yeah, why isn't exactly. there something more holistic? Yeah, why isn't yeah. there an understanding that this is community, this is humanizing, this yeah. is something that is a part of who we are. So if I'm, if I'm in a place like Richmond that has a fantastic museum, like mm-hmm. the BMFA that is open like 365 i think mm-hmm. and it's free every day for their permanent collection mm-hmm. that's fantastic that organization should care as much about all spaces of people as some nonprofit. that's yeah you know yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not a like, yeah it's not an either or it's disproportionate yeah yeah i mean that's that's a that's a great point man and, it, and, and it's one of those, and it's not, again, do not hear this. Please do not hear this as like some like repudiation of a specific group or people or anything else or, or like a, oh, I'm so much better than this. It's not that it is very much kind of shouting, uh, shouting into the large, the, the large, uh, expanse that's out there. Like, Hey, how, how do we actually do this? It is a, it's a passionate questioning, um, more than just a cynical pointing, um, well, it's also like, I mean, because, you know, it's funny, like with your point about the nonprofit thing is like a lot of people need, they, they feel like they need permission to do something outside of their own space. Yeah. And like they need someone else to tell them it's okay. And it's like, I used this example before, but it's worth mentioning again. We, you know, we used to do in my old neighborhood, we did a park cleanup. Now, the reason why we did a park cleanup is we had a lot of homeless teens mm-hmm. that were sleeping on the um, uh, um, jungle gyms. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes parents and families and kids and just neighbors weren't going to the park. So there's two things. And then there's drug paraphernalia mm-hmm. and different things like that. Needles and things. Now through knowing and knowing and being known in this neighborhood, which had really rough points when I first lived there, um, I found that these particular kids were being abused by their dad. 
mm-hmm. is heavy abuse going on. And so, you know, initially it was like, well, they're homeless. Well, now they're, 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 um, they're, they're stuck. Right. Yeah. So we started doing things in this park. We did, we didn't try to push them out. You mm-hmm. know, we weren't like it. They, they became sort of assumed in the fabric a little bit, you know, just as an assumption, didn't know, know the kids, but knew mm-hmm. about the kids. And so, but we started cleaning the park and the more we cleaned the park, the more it brought two things out. People that just came in and enjoyed the park the way they should. And people that were like, what district do you work for? Who's your council <laughs> person? Who's giving you the money? To do yeah. this? It's like, no yeah. one, it's our money. It's our mowers. It's our trash bags. It's our stuff. I didn't ask the city. Because I've sat, I've watched this park sit for years and not be changed. And what was amazing is um, the more we cared for it, the more it was cared for, the more people showed up. And we don't live yeah. there anymore, and I don't know what's happened. But um, and we painted the basketball rim again. Like we, I mean, we went, we did everything. Like, mm-hmm. and um, it was it was rewarding for the time that we were doing it. But what I was struck by is how many people had a problem with it because it's it's our taxpayer dollars go for someone else to do that. And I'm like, cool. And while you're waiting for someone else to do that, it's just decaying further. And kids that need a safe and clean space to get away from their homes so they can camp out up there and the little kids that want to play and the, the, the parents that need a time, like, like every kind of person um, who should be sharing in this feels like they can't because the matter of trash and the lack of safety for everyone's sake, like, um, you know, so yeah, so wait for the city and complain or do something. Yeah. And, and, you know, I found there's a real strong line there and, uh, I got, I got a clear picture of how much I don't care for that kind of person. Yeah. Um, in the sense that, uh, I don't owe my allegiance to you, but you know, that kind of person really rules this conversation about nonprofits and smaller organizations that are uh, fledgling struggling uh, being the ones that kind of are the gatekeepers, like, you know, and so they, they end up squeezing what's possible mm-hmm. through their hands and they're controlling. It ought to be this way. And it's like, at some point you need to recognize it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you start doing it, it will show itself for what it should be. Yeah. And then people will choose to carry on with it. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is the longer we did it, the more the city came on board, they started mm-hmm. giving us supplies. So it, it started to reverse redeem some relationship with the city, the next thing you know, they, they shared, we were understaffed. Now, now they're talking with us and there's a vulnerability. Like there's like one person whose responsibility is mm. 10 parks in the city yeah. and he can't get to them all fast enough. He's an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. Now, now we, you know, next thing you know, we at least know of the guy, know the guy by name. Mm-hmm. And now he's working with us. And all of a sudden there's a new relationship that has been restored to the point that it's uh, what's supposed to be happening is happening. And not exactly the way you think, but there was more of the story. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's not to cover for dereliction on the city's part, no. but it's to say that we are the city. Mm-hmm. And not just my taxpayer dollars. I'm a person. The yeah. city is people, not money. Mm-hmm. And so that's the point of this conversation is we're talking about people and people. And it can be scary to, you know, uh, feel like you're risking it with strangers who, you know, um, disagree or agree with you or, but you got to get to know people. I mean, even in our own neighborhood, you know, there's, there's wonderful things that have come from, from being there longer and getting to know people. Um, and uh, I have to think about this a lot more, but I do think that there is a huge gap in opportunity 
for artists to not think in a cheap way about it, mm-hmm. but to seize hold of a vision for the city, yeah, yeah. for the places that are in poverty, and not expect people. I mean, we had some work, some ideas with the hatchback gallery as a starting point mm-hmm. that unfortunately, because if, if you haven't heard, our car got stolen mm-hmm. um, and Ken's pretty upset about it and Damn. we'll hear from Ken soon. But um, that was going to be one of our attempts into bringing some of this to people freely is like a, a jumping off point, you know, yeah. a place to start. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was in the works for us. And uh, um but if you start to leverage like real things to people and generate real conversations, um, like I, an example, I, when I first moved to Richmond, mm-hmm. um, we were part of an organization and we just, you know, community and this family lived in this neighborhood in the South side. And there was a historic divide between the African American community and, and this like the white, white community. I mean, mm-hmm. real strong, you know, we're in the South. Like I had never seen anything like this. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. from Southern California with racism, but there's more gang activity is kind of the divide in, in mm-hmm. my experience. So, come here and um we throw this huge like park festival thing with bounce houses and food it's like in 2007 and uh and come outside man and and it was beautiful from the standpoint of um the people was all but it was all the african-american folks like no unfortunately no white folks showed up there's no reconciliation on that that level but there's a persistence to do this but here's what got me right away and it cut me to the core is I sat down and did art projects with kids. And I'm like, you know, because I'm actually really an artist and I really know things and I'm a teacher, I'm, like I'm really teaching them stuff. And man, before you know it, you got kids after kids just like, please, can you come back? Please, mm-hmm. can you teach me more? And it broke me, man, because I was like, this is overwhelming and I don't know, I don't know how, how that should happen, um, but I haven't forgotten and we've done different things over the years. But, but I'm just saying that like, um, there are ways of coming together that go beyond what we think people need. And we fed, we, fed, you know, we, we hooked it up, man. And it mm-hmm. was just one of the best times I've ever had probably mm-hmm. um, in Richmond. And it was one of the first times I had in Richmond. Yeah. I'm just saying a lot. Um, but it really impressed something in me that I, I, I needed to see. And uh, yeah, and I think, you know, uh, also some of the things with poverty, like with what you're talking about, like care is contagious. Like if you care about something like people actually get drawn to that, yep. you know, it's like uh, a whole lot more than like, you know, negativity or nihilism. Like those things don't really act as magnets very much. It mm-hmm. just uh, kind of draws in the same people with the same bad attitudes. But I think the, uh, you know, the care is contagious. It is something that really uh, people are like, oh yeah, you, it's almost like, we're allowed to care about this. Oh, that's awesome. Like mm-hmm. I did, but I just kind of suppressed it and said I wasn't going to worry about it. Um, you know, it's, it, it's a space that's uh, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the things like there's, there's a lot of opportunity in this space. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, you know, because this is done so poorly across the boards. Right. There's a lot of places yeah. to step in. Yeah. And, and there's people doing great stuff. And there are, but th- there's, it's, it, I don't see it at all as like a performance-based metric. I see it very much as like, oh, can you care about something and back that up with a few actions? Sure. Great. Yeah. And I, I, I like to see it more as like, can we flood? It, isn't, it can't be just be one individual. Yeah. And, and also the known be known factor means that you've got to let people into your lives. And that costs something in terms of your time, your energy, and how you know things. And if we're talking about equity, like, you know, people talk about equity and inclusion, it's like, we talk about it in academic terms and in certain mm-hmm. social circles, but we don't 
in actuality, oh my goodness, some of the people that speak the loudest are the ones that are interacting with diversity the least yeah. when it comes to these kinds of issues. Well, I think we're, we're real good at having that concept and speaking towards the supposed population, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of saying, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, my work isn't for people, it's for ideas. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, but you could also be doing productive work for people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you got to like change your practice. Right. Now your studio practice gets blown up and it's reestablished with something else. Maybe that's you. Maybe yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I am saying is like, it's easy to speak to an audience that may or may not exist. It's easy to speak to an audience that can't respond. An, yeah, it's an audience really online. hard to step into one and look at a person in their eyes and say, Hey, yeah, this yeah. is something I'm doing uh, for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in some way mm-hmm. or more, more aptly saying, this is something that we're actually doing together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not given like kind of, you know, just a bunch of kind of word of mouth sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally doing this. Yep. Uh, but actually stepping in, that's yep. tough. It's a hard spot to be hard, hard spot to be in. Um, I, I, I'd love to hear ideas, man. I, I feel like that's one of the things I think we need to brainstorm some ideas. And by the way, we're not taking a shower right now. <laughs> um, there's a nice rainstorm. Yeah, hitting our light, our um, over. What do you call that light? Our skylight. Skylight. Yeah, yeah. So it's raining down on our skylight right now. So it just happened while we're <laughs> recording. So if you hear that, we're we're having a little bit of a storm here. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like maybe we have to have a a one B to this because we're, I think so. We're running the risk of a lightning storm shutting down yeah. the power. <laughs> yeah. So I think um, <laughs> you know it is one of those things where. Um, there are some really great organizations uh, that are doing a lot of really wonderful stuff. And there are a lot of people that are working in this space. Um, Maybe what we should do is we'll do a second part to this and we'll highlight a few of this. So I got a couple in my mind, but I want to give them some time to talk about it. No, definitely. And also, you know, to give some time for y'all to, to respond to us, kind of let us know what's Questions, up. thoughts. Send us folks that are doing like fantastic stuff. Hit yeah. us up. You if know? we could give us a list of people, uh, places in your neighborhood, in your city that are doing things, I'd love to put together a list of examples so that we can have... Yeah. Uh, inspirational examples to start to give each other an idea of what we could be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, so let this stuff sit on you in a good or a bad way, like always, yep. but whatever it is, just let it be something that gets in your brain and helps you just to rethink some things a little bit. Um, and uh, stay tuned for part two. And as always, we love you all your fantastic audience and we'll catch you next time. Peace. You've been listening to Shaco art speak, a production of Shaco art space. We are an independent, nonprofit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia. We can be found online at ShacoArtspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottle.